Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director of APPA. We're joined today by Gary Huda, General Manager of Washington State's College PUD. Gary, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. So, Gary, just to kind of uh, get things started, um, you took the reins as GM of College PUD in May of 2019. Can you uh, detail the challenges and successes you you and the PUD have experienced since you took over as general manager? Sure. First off, I would start out by saying that we've got a very good um, elected board here at Cowlitz PUD. Our board works together very well, and uh, that, of course, makes my job much easier. Our board is is really supportive of staff, and they're often asking us, you know, what we what they can do to help us, and so. Given that foundation of leadership from our board, um, the challenges we face um, are certainly easier to tackle, um, but they are still challenges. And some of the things that I faced initially um, starting is just establishing that direct relationship with the board. You know, prior to that and my other roles here at the utility at Calitz PUD, um, I certainly had quite a bit of interaction with the board, but having that direct um, reporting relationship was a change. Um, And then, you know, I'm responsible at that point for running a strategic planning process with the board. Um, We started that right off in July of 2019. Um, We were entering into our capital planning and budgeting process for the year, and we were implementing a, a new cost of service model uh, for establishing utility rates. So all various kind of routine things that general managers are, are used to wor- working on with their boards, but um, being the, the leader of those items was a, a new challenge for me to get used to. Um, and then also that year we embarked on a um, front office customer service area remodel. Our building was... Um, you know, that area had originally been constructed in 1998 and definitely needed some updating and improvements. So that was quite a disruption for our customer service staff. We had to relocate them to an alternate uh, workspace and an interruption, of course, for the customers that were coming and going. Um, And also that year in 19, we decided to replace our enterprise-wide software system and so that was uh, an effort that we um, delved into deeply in 2020, and I'll get into that in just a minute. But uh, another aspect of, of challenge, um, surprisingly, um, being here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, hydro-dominated uh, generation area, um, there's um, challenges in, um, I guess you could call it a tax on the hydro system. Um, there's proponents that want to remove, for example, the four lower Snake River dams here in the Pacific Northwest. And so uh, supporting hydro um, was a challenge, an initiative for us. Um, Our our board actually passed a resolution in 2019, um, publicly acknowledging um, this utility support for hydro and retaining those lower Snake River dams. Um, And we've embarked on public education um, we recognize that the younger generation, they haven't heard the story about hydro. You know, it's been decades since the last major hydroelectric construction efforts occurred here in the Northwest. So we're just trying to educate um, 
primarily emphasizing the fact that hydro is a critical resource to our clean energy future. Um, it increases our ability to develop other clean resources such as wind and solar and integrate those resources onto the grid. So that with the hydro being capable of of control and, and modification and, and changing the electricity generation to match the load requirements is critical when the wind and solar um, generate when that resource is there, when the wind is blowing, when the sun is shining, not necessarily when our customers demand um, utilization of the electricity. So the hydro is a, a key component in, um, to mesh with those other resources. And we're, we're just trying to educate the public as to the importance of that. Um, cyber risk has been an ongoing challenge. We see in the news frequently um, it, <clears throat> cyber attacks on you and utilities tend to be targets. So we're constantly improving our um, mechanisms to deal with um, cyber risk and just constantly being vigilant. So that's some of the things that happened in 2019. The first six months or so, I was sitting in this chair. And then when we transitioned into 2020, um, we kicked off the year with a fresh attitude. And it felt like we were really hitting our stride with board meetings and um, with the activities we had planned for the year. And then all of a sudden, in that first quarter, uh, we get slammed with uh, the worldwide pandemic, the coronavirus. So uh, that, that sent us reeling um, and caused us to make some major readjustments and changes. Um, our board in March ended up passing an emergency resolution so that we had some powers and authority uh, readily available to, to deal with the pandemic. So it, it was a real struggle, I would say. Um, the requirements for dealing with that, the rules and conditions, the employment practices were, were constantly evolving. Um, initially, we were in a lockdown and uh, had a stay-at-home order from the Washington State, um, yet we're an essential business. So we were juggling how to manage um, our ongoing workload, yet um, ensure that our employees were safe um, so that we could respond to emergencies um, as an essential service provider. And honestly, uh, several months into um that process, our senior leadership team um, had to take a pause and look at each other and had to admit the, the circumstances of that coronavirus pandemic were just creating a lot of stress. And it was across the board with our employees. Um, so just had to pause and acknowledge that and um, try to get a, a breather um, and, and press on. And of course, you know, the pandemic Initially, we were guessing it was going to be a, a few-month interruption, but obviously it's turned into a year-plus uh, type of interruption. So constantly evolving and adapting to the to the changing conditions uh, has been a challenge. Um, and for our employees as parents, they've got children um, in school, so they're juggling school and work demands. Um, and our supervisors would, you know, they, they tend to the, the care they have for the employees, they start to adopt some of the stress of their employees. So it was just compounding stress levels for everybody. So we uh, it, it, we thought it was very positive that we <laughs> recognize that and just acknowledge it and talk about it amongst ourselves. And but again, you just have to press on and and forge through 
So I, I think uh, in total, um, as far as the coronavirus impacts to this organization, we've done a great job. Um, the uh, employee infection rate's been fairly minimal, uh, and yet we've been able to <clears throat> maintain um, a good amount of our work. And we had a certain amount of 2020 projects that we had planned that carried over into 21, uh, but we're doing quite well knocking those off and um, ensuring that we're meeting our customer needs. The the demand for new service connections, um, it tailed off for a while in 2020, but it we've been at record pace for um, new construction. Um, and so it's created a lot of work in, in trying to meet customer needs, but, but we're doing it. Great. Well, thank, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Also wanted to mention um, huh? the uh, enterprise um, software system that I mentioned was improved in 2019. Then in, we get to 2020, we have to implement it. And working with our vendor um, was pretty amazing that um, we had planned to have that vendor on site um, helping us with the project, uh, doing training, et cetera. But with the coronavirus, everything had to be done remotely. So we executed the implementation of this ERP system uh, 100% remotely. So we have to give a lot of credit to our employees and the vendor uh, for working through those challenges of remote. Uh, they done a, did a great job. We did implement that project on schedule and under budget. And being under budget was primarily because we were able to save a lot of money on travel costs. And then uh, final challenge I would mention is our union contract um, that, that came up for um, renewal. And so the first part of this year in the first quarter, uh, we went through a negotiation process with our union and um, the relationship with the union is, is, is pretty good. Uh, we've been working pretty hard at that for a number of years. And um, so we were able to get through that process and, and close that out uh, fairly quickly and with a good resolution. So anyway, those are some of the challenges that uh, I've had to deal with as since I've um, been sitting in this chair. All right. Thanks. Thanks for that uh, that overview, Gary. Um, so just kind of switching gears here, could you talk about your um, current priorities as general manager? Certainly. We just recently um, held a workshop with our board uh, to discuss our strategic priorities for the next next few years. And I'll say one of our highest priorities is certainly our energy resource portfolio. And this is primarily due to the large dollars involved and the the significant risk of the long range resource decisions that um, that is posed for this utility. Um, we've got multiple changes occurring in our resource portfolio over the next 10 years. For example, 90% of the utility's power supply comes from the Bonneville Power Administration, or BPA. So that power sales contract expires in 2028, and BPA is asking that its customers sign new 20-year contracts in 2025. So over the next few years, we're going to be going through a negotiation process with, with BPA to determine what those terms and conditions are. In addition, we have a 46% stake in a 200-megawatt wind project called White Creek, and our power purchase agreement expires in 2027. And thirdly, we have a 30% stake in a 100-megawatt wind project called Harvest Wind, 
and its initial 20-year contract term expires in 2029. So you you couple those resource portfolio changes and decisions associated with those with the state of Washington requiring um, all utilities to achieve 80% carbon-free power supply by 2030 and 100% carbon-free power supply by 2045. So as a utility, we're certainly seeking out carbon-free clean electricity supplies to meet these uh, future resource portfolio needs. So that that's a Definitely one of the larger focuses for us for these next few years. And in addition to that, um, the discussions with our board on um, strategic priorities, we want to focus on system reliability, business efficiency efforts, and engagement with our employees, customers, and stakeholders. So one of the items we're going to be focusing on is a 10-year capital plan coupled with a 10 plus year financing plan. We haven't been to the municipal bond market to raise capital since 2010. We've certainly done some refinancing since then, but we haven't pursued any new capital. And we do prepare a five-year capital plan annually, the the projects that we're going to execute, capital projects. Uh, But we now have to stretch that view out to 10 years um, so we can better see how the resource development um, needs that we have will um, couple with the capital expenditures needed for our um, system improvements on transmission and distribution. And so 10 years ago or so, um, rating agencies viewed Calitz PD as a highly leveraged utility. Due to some of the capital expenditures, we put it forth to develop the wind projects that we participated in. But we've got done a great job um, working our debt down. Uh, but now we'd like to ensure that we manage our debt position well so that we, <clears throat> as we face these uh, potential you know, capital investments in the future, either for new resources or um, improvements to our transmission and distribution system. So th- those are some of the primary, um, more substantial um, strategic topics that we we were addressing with the board recently. Great. So now you mentioned system reliability. Um, and, and one thing that, that caught my eye in terms of, of researching the PD is the fact that um, Calis um, has received a diamond level um, reliable public power provider designation from APPA, um, which is the highest level available to public power utilities. Um, so could you discuss the ways in which the PDs maintain such a high level of reliability and safety? Yeah, I would say the the RP3 designation has challenged us as a utility uh, to make improvements. We've been through three um, RP3 reviews now. Um, In the the first year, um, we achieved the, which is your lowest level of the three levels, gold. And we, at that point, recognized through the scoring sheets that, hey, we have some deficiencies, some areas where we can make improvements and so the, the second time around when we applied, we achieved the platinum level, the next level up. And now here in 2021, um, with the most recent application, we've achieved that highest level of diamond. So we we had to make improvements um, to achieve these higher levels, certainly. Um, one key area that we um, made some improvements is in safety. We did hire a full-time safety manager a few years ago. Um, so that's that employee's sole focus. 
and previously um, that role was assigned to a, a person that already had a full plate of duties. So it, it wasn't their, their sole focus. Um, we've done more in cybersecurity awareness training, uh, made improvements there. We've, we work on that extensively throughout the year. And we've certainly seen improvements with our employees. They've developed a better skill in recognizing cyber risks. We've also stepped up our employee training program. And in order to do this, we've had to hire additional people in our HR department, human resources. So now we have individuals that are focused on pushing out training um, to the employee base and tracking that and um, constantly looking at uh, new training programs to, um, in order to help us manage with the new um, issues that we're facing, new criteria, et cetera. And we've also started to do more system inspections of our infrastructure than we had previously. Um, we, for years, we've done an excellent job with, uh, like, for example, our pole inspections, uh, ground line inspection program, where and been able to manage our pole inventory very well with uh, the data that we get from that ground line inspection. But we've also recognized that as those poles age, um, there's issues that occur up at the top of the poles uh, with the cross arms and such. And we hadn't really been inspecting those or so making improvements to, um, to do more of that. Um, and that helps with reliability. So, yeah, it's the steps that we've taken to improve. It's really not specifically to gain notoriety under the RP3 program, um, but really these improvements that we've seen um, make sense to us as an organization. But it's the RP3 program that helped us draw attention to these areas of improvements. So when you're scored across the spectrum and you can look at your scores and, and see how how you stack up and where you're falling short, um, it, it's it's a it's, going, it's like going to school, grade school. You get your report card, and then you can see areas where you can make improvements. So I think we've seen the gains, and um, I feel like even before RP3, we did a pretty good job, but it's the focus that the RP3 program has um, put on some of these areas of improvement that uh, helped us get any even better. Great. Well, yeah, I, I like that uh, report card analogy with respect to RP3. That's a, that's a great one. Um, so um, in, in terms of the Pacific Northwest, um, wanted to get your, your thoughts on, on some of the key challenges facing um, utilities in the region and how specifically um, Cowlitz has adapted to those challenges. Yeah, a, a key risk that's, I think, on the forefront of most utilities' minds is the wildfire risk. Um, several years ago, things started out in California with significant wildfires, and it, it just seems each year um, the wildfire concerns um, expand from there. Um, Cowlitz County is on the um, west side of the Cascades in the state of Washington, so we're the wet side. Um, and But we do have a lot of timber uh, in this county, so there's a lot of fuel supply. Um, but given the, the wetness that we experienced throughout the year, um, we've, we've tended to believe we were a low-risk area, and certainly wildfires was a concern, but not didn't, didn't feel like it was a big concern for us. Um, but uh, 2020 uh, was definitely a wake-up call for us. 
um, to to focus on it even more. There were major wildfires that occurred in Oregon, just south of us, uh, a short ways, and those were on the west side of the Cascades as well. And we also had a couple small fires um, here local, close to our county, um, one small one near one of our hydro projects. So just further recognition of the risk and um, conducting some prudent planning. Um, we've embarked on uh, putting together a wildfire risk management plan. So we just, even though the risk could be perceived to be low, um, if it does actually occur, um, the impacts are significant to our system, to the community, to the public. So uh, we just want to take some steps to, um, to help mitigate that risk. Um, another significant challenge facing the Pacific Northwest is um, electric resource capacity shortfalls. There's an expectation that with the retirement of um, the fossil fueled resources and replacing those with um, the carbon free um, resources that we're falling short on our capacity needs. So <clears throat> uh, predominantly here in the Northwest, we've focused on um, energy planning. Um, but it, for Cowlitz PD now, we're starting to turn our attention to what do these capacity shortfalls really mean? How real are they for us? And so we're actually starting to look at uh, different types of resources that could help us meet uh, the capacity needs for our system. We tend to be a winter peaking utility. Uh, the colder weather in the winter drives um, our residential heating load. And so we peak um, heavier in the winter than we do summer. So uh, capacity resources such as pumped hydro or batteries, um, et cetera, are, are resources that we're um, looking into. Um, and also uh, carbon <laughs> here in the state of Washington, um, the multiple laws have been passed related to carbon emissions for um, electric utility resource portfolios. So we have this obligation of becoming 100% clean um, by 2045, mentioned some of this earlier. Um, our resource portfolio is already 80% um, or better um, carbon-free, so we're in a great starting position uh, <clears throat> to, to strive towards this goal of 100%, but it certainly still causes, causes a lot of pause or concern um, to be able to do that and yet maintain a reliable electric system and, and meet our customers' needs. We expect that across the region, there's going to be a, a significant build out because all of the utilities in the state have to meet these clean requirements. And so it's gonna put more demand on the electric transmission grid than we experience even now. At times these days, we have challenges in getting firm transmission delivery of resources if they're not um, located here locally. So, um, our attention on new resource development, um, to the extent feasible, we're going to be looking at development of local resources. So those could be integrated directly into our system here within Cowlitz County. Um, but <clears throat> certainly those opportunities um, aren't extensive or of great magnitude. So <clears throat> we will have to look at other options. But transmission is going to be a big concern. So those, those are some of the key 
challenges I think the Pacific Northwest is facing right now, um, and they're obviously impacting this utility as well. Well, Gary, thanks so much for taking the time today to speak with us. Um, did you have any closing thoughts you'd like to offer? My only closing comment for folks is, you know, let's let's remember uh, that relationships are, are really the key. Um, all this work that we do as utility folks um, to improve our systems and stuff, um, even the things that we do, we strive for in our personal lives, it all really boils down to relationships. Okay, Gary. Well, thanks again so much for taking the time to speak with us. It's been a great conversation, and uh, we'd love to have you back at some point in the future. Yeah, I'd be open to that. Thank you. All right. Thanks again. Thanks.